Are you ready to get your sports banter on? Brian Henninger, love child of Albert Einstein and Howard Cosell, with a body chiseled by Zeus himself. Brandon Sharples, a man who could beat Mike Tyson. In a spelling bee, together they form the At Odds Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the At Odds Podcast. I am your host, Brian Hemminger, and today is our big Super Bowl fallout special. We had Super Bowl 52, I think, over the weekend. Eagles are your champions, stunning both Brandon and myself, who used our expert analysis to pick that the Patriots would win easily. So uh, without further ado, let's bring in my co-host. Normally, he is silky smooth Brandon Sharples. Today, he is sickly Brandon Sharples. Brandon, how you doing, man? Uh, I've had better days, Brian. I've had better days. I have the flu, the actual flu, influenza A. My lungs are burning. My throat's burning. My body's burning and cold. Everything's not right with me right now. My poor, my poor baby girl, she's, she's got the flu too. So now everybody that lives with me, my, both my son, my daughter, and me all had the flu in the last week. So I knew it was coming, but then... To top it off, the Super Bowl last night, just disappointing me. Just disappointing me from all angles. Not really all angles. I thought it was an ex- like a really amazing, exciting Super Bowl, but obviously not the outcome I wanted. Took a hit to my prediction credibility. Took a hint to my pride. And uh, what else? Oh, on top of that, you saw last night I was going pretty deep in that 200K guarantee tournament and – Mm-hmm. You know, got knocked out in shitty fashion. So, yeah, yesterday was not a good day, and today's not any better. So, I hopefully, uh, reminiscing over the Super Bowl won't make me feel too bad. <laughs> oh yeah, and well, if anyone has their opinion about the Super Bowl last night, uh, you are more than welcome to call in at the number three four seven eight five zero eighty three eighty six. We also have a live chat room going during the show. Um, on the Blog Talk Radio website. So either way, you want to get your opinion heard, we will give you an opportunity. So uh, without further ado, yeah, let's let's delve right in. Super Bowl, um, was there anything in particular that really surprised you yesterday? Because I'll tell you what, I did not expect, for me, the Eagles' offense to click as well as it did um, without, again, you know, their MVP candidate at the helm. Oh, I mean, their offense is – I was not a believer in their offense at all, so I'll be the first to admit mm-hmm. that. I really wasn't. Um, but they have been clicking. They did tear up the Vikings, and that was one of the, you know, one of the best defenses in the league. Um, what surprised me was just the amount of yards and how easily both teams – Ran up and down the field. Of, you know, Patriots had 613 yards of total offense, and Philly had 538. That's the most yardage in the history of the NFL. And yeah, I think any game, uh, com- not combined just Super yardage, Bowl, right? any game, no, any game, any game, yeah, any game is the most yardage, combined yardage, and that's a, and that was in the Super Bowl. 
against Philly, who's, you know, had a shutdown defense all playoffs and pretty much all year. And uh, Tom Brady carved him up. He carved him up. And uh, so, yeah, I wasn't, I was more surprised at Tom Brady carving them up that badly. Because if, if you remember last episode, I, I said that maybe the first half was going to be a struggle offensively for the Pats, which it actually kind of was. I was feeling pretty mm-hmm. good about my prediction by halftime. But, uh, yeah, I didn't think it was going to be this much offensive explosion. I thought it was going to be like 34-17 Patriots. And Patriots put up 33, so I was close there, <laughs> way off on Philly. So, yeah. so uh, that, that's, that surprised me. Um, another thing that surprised me was the play calling of Doug Peterson. And uh, I, I got to say hats off to Doug Peterson. His – Mm-hmm. His play calling was some of the best play calling I've ever seen. And uh, I think what happened was he saw not only what teams do against the Patriots, but what teams do in general when they're playing a formidable opponent, a dynasty-type opponent like um, Alabama in college football or or you have, uh, you know, the Patriots here. Any, any sport where you're seeing a dynasty-caliber team – Teams, even if they jump off these early leads, they kind of clam up and they start playing slower and they try to protect the lead. And I like what Doug Peterson did was he said, fuck that. I'm changing, I'm changing gears and I'm not going to be like every other coach that ends up getting fucked out of a win because they went up, you know, 10 points and then they end up trying to coast to a victory. When you're playing uh, no. a dynasty caliber team like the Patriots, that's something that you cannot do. You can't, you can't let your foot up the gas. Look what happened to, you know, um, the Falcons last year, which were a pretty comparable team to, to the Philly this year. And uh, he, he, instead of kicking the field goal, he went for it and did that, that reverse pass from Trey Burton to uh, Nick Foles for the touchdown. That was crazy. And he, that shows a lot of confidence in his team and his ability to want to win the Super Bowl. He put his team in the best position to win the Super Bowl. Even when they were up 10, he was still throwing the ball down the field. He was slinging it. He was, he was making uh, all the right calls. And uh, I thought the biggest call that he could have made was with about five and a half to go. Uh, down by one, he chose to go forward on fourth down, like deep in his own territory, because he mm-hmm. knew – that the Patriots were not – they weren't stopping the Patriots. Tom Brady had the greatest quarterback performance I've ever seen that game. Um, He was carving them up. His throws were just fantastic. Even with pressure in his face, he was just making all the throws. And uh, he knew that if he kicked that ball, there was a good chance that he was getting the ball back down eight. And uh, he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to do that. So he went for it, and he knew that that was basically the ball game right there for him. And – and he dialed up a great play, and they won. They won the game. They ended up driving all the way down, and Patriots just could not stop anybody. They had that problem the first couple games of the season, like first four games of the season, they were one of the worst defenses you could look at. And then they kind of tightened it up throughout the season. Then towards the end, they kind of looked like a little bit shitty again, especially I thought they looked bad against the Jags um, in the championship game, the AFC championship game. But um, I think – I think for the most part that uh, Patriots defense just let him down big time. And I think that uh, Doug Peterson didn't out-coach Bill Belichick because Bill Belichick actually coached a hell of a game too. Doug Peterson, they both coached great, and I don't think they really out-coached each other. I think that it's just that uh, uh, Philly defense made a play 
they, they caused a fumble on Tom Brady and uh, the Patriots did not make a play when they needed to make a play. So I think that it all came down to the, to the defense at the end of the game and Philly just made a play. So that that's really all I thought about as far as like any surprises or anything like that, other than the fact that Philly won the Super Bowl. So. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but did one of the co-hosts of this podcast mention that if the Eagles wanted to win, they should just not sit back and be really aggressive the whole time, and even if they got a lead? Did, did somebody say that as like the strategy on uh, Thursday's show? Yeah, I did. No, oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you did. But you know that that that's that, I mean that I, that I mean kudos for you to say that. I mean I think that was pretty much given given the fact that last year yeah, at 23 but, he was blown. Yeah, the, with the way with the way that the the Patriots came back last Super Bowl and the way they came back against Jacksonville, you're just like, why do these teams keep sitting back and giving the Patriots a chance to beat them? Uh, you have to be aggressive and you have to f- put more pressure on the Patriots. And, and that's really what the Eagles did. And I, yeah, I, I completely agree with you that the play, well, the offensive play of the game was going for it in their own territory uh, on the, the fourth and short. But I mean, for a game that was all about offense, it came down to a defensive play too. Uh, you have to give, I mean, just mad props to Brandon Graham that was one hell of a play he made on Brady. I mean, reaching out and perfectly stripping the ball as Brady was just about ready to throw it. Uh, it wasn't a tuck rule or anything. I mean, it was literally just pop that ball out. And then I'm, I'm pretty sure he was the one that jumped on it, right? After he did it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that was that to me was the play of the game of uh, with a game with amazing offensive highlights, ridiculous catches, uh, just incredible decisions, some wonky field goal fuckery. Um, like that defensive play to me decided the game. Yeah. And, and, and of course, because I have no doubt that the Patriots are going to drive the ball down the field. I think they were going to, I think they were going to drive right back down the field and score. I mean, they, they were just, it was they're that in in sync. They're clicking that well. And uh, also, like, what the hell is up with Brandon Cooks? He fucking gets mm-hmm. the ball, and he like all of a sudden he looks like he's lost in space. He's looking around like, oh shit, where do I go? Where do I go? Doesn't have and any then he got any sense. Yeah, he had no sense of his surroundings whatsoever. Like it's almost like he passed out for a second. Just turned around, and get wrecked. Just absolutely demolished. I couldn't yeah. believe. And that, that wasn't even like a defensive. Hard. A defenseless player either like they're only defenseless when they're reaching out to like catch it and they're not looking he caught it oh, he he's fucking... running <laughs> and the dude's and running right at him and he doesn't even see him yeah no like it's not yeah he was definitely on defenses he stops like it's almost like if you give like a toddler your fucking madden controller and like he just like accidentally circles the the player around a couple times that's what it looked like to me anyway like you guys probably like looked just stunned and like did like a like a little circle I think I spoke. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't quite understand what the hell that was about. But uh, oh man, I thought that was pretty crazy. That was a big time hit. Theorists in our chat room today. 
a guy by the name of Flycatch saying, the fix is in, and that became evident watching the scoreboard. The game was designed to keep the viewers attached to their TV screens. Do you have a response, Brandon? Yeah, it's called the fucking Super Bowl, man. These are the two best teams in the entire NFL. What do you, why, what conspiracy do they need to derive to keep people watching? It's Tom Brady. Most of the country wants to see him lose. And you got the Eagles who have a rabid fan base. I'm not quite sure um, that there's some sort of conspiracy. Two, buddy, I have one that's going to drive your damn conspiracy theory right down the shitter. It was the lowest rated Super Bowl in, since 2010. And mm-hmm. since, since 2010, 2010 had the um, it had the Indianapolis Colts and it had the New Orleans Saints, two small market teams, which explains the lower ratings in 2010. So in the last eight years, this is the lowest rated Super Bowl. So there was no conspiracy to keep the viewers because it didn't <laughs> it didn't keep the viewers. And uh, so I don't believe in these conspiracy shit. I think the, it's too go. much of a I think it's too much of a fluid game to to have all these crazy fixes that people have. I'm, I I believe that there's been fixings in pro sports, and I believe that oh, it's probably possible. But but some of these flags and some of these plays that people say that are just fixed, I'm just like, Gee, you must think these guys, some of these players are fucking superheroes and that they, they can contort their bodies and just on, on a dime the way they just for a fucking ten thousand dollar win. You know what I mean? On a bet mm-hmm. or something. It's it's ridiculous to me. I don't think the NFL's fixed at all. And just to go off topic a little bit on that, I know a lot of people like this year there's a big like thing about the Patriots getting all the calls from the NFL and the NFL loves the Patriots and they're fixed on all these calls and they must have called down and told the refs to throw a flag there or call that touchdown, not a touchdown against Buffalo and the Jets. And so I was thinking to myself, does that make sense? So the NFL hammered the Patriots with fines and stole their draft picks and yep. they, they went on a witch hunt of Tom Brady and finally after appealing and, and appealing and appealing, they finally got the Supreme Court to like hold shit up for them, and they got a, and, and Brady took his four game suspension, and then they won the Super Bowl anyway. So, why would the NFL try to fuck that franchise over so badly? Why would they want to eliminate parity from the league and and have have the pay at the pass? constantly winning knowing that their league ratings are down and the only and it's not going to help their league ratings or tv ratings it's not going to help the league's tv ratings to have the same fucking team win every year because people are going to stop tuning into that shit they need parity they needed the eagles to win and next year they should have they probably want the cowboys or somebody else to win you know what i mean they, they don't want the same mm-hmm. team to win all the time and goodell fucking hates the patriots why would he tell the league to help them win when matt patricia the new Head coach of the Detroit Lions, by the way, was wearing a fucking clown Goodell shirt on the sidelines, and they and they were, you know, he was condoning the sale the sale of them from Barstool Sports, who made those shirts. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> People don't use their fucking heads. They just have to make excuses for why the Patriots are such an amazing dynasty and shit that we will never ever see. And I've I've, I've had arguments with this before. And I, that guy just kind of put me in this direction again. These conspiracy theories for the for the Pats are just fucking asinine. 
You just got to give credit where credit's due. People are good and you're not. That's just sometimes that happens. Just because certain people aren't really special at every anything. I think it's because people are just normally, the average person is just not great at anything. You can be good at something, but the average person is just not great at anything. And that could be me. That could be you. That could be anybody. It's just reality. There's that, we always got this shit driven in us in kindergarten and above that we're great. Everybody is equally amazing and everybody has the same opportunity to be amazing. No, you fucking don't. I cannot go and be a goddamn wide receiver in the NFL. I can't. I can't be anything in the NFL. Not big enough. Okay. I don't have the, the, I don't have the speed. I don't have any of that. Okay. I can't be the, I can't be a a world chess champion. I can't. and, And this is what people have a hard time dealing with when it comes to like greatness and especially the Patriots, because you know, they, they, they don't have an understanding of how amazing the Patriots are, so they try and find these loopholes to get out of having to give them credit. So it's always like the games are fixed, or they've cheated, or they've cheated here. And they, you know, I don't know. <laughs> All right. I don't, don't think we need a rant now. <laughs> yeah, we don't. I have more to – I even have more to say, but I figured I'd let you talk. Yeah, okay. I have more. Uh I wanted to go back to the game. Um, there were a couple moments that I want to also just get your opinion on. Um, there were two plays that were mildly controversial on whether or not they should have uh, been reversed or not uh, to scoring plays. So I want to get your thoughts on, especially I think the, was it the Clements touchdown? Um the one where the, the ball yeah, popped and, out and, after he crossed the point. Zach Ertz. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me, fellas. Okay. Zach Ertz was a touchdown. That catch rule is fucking stupid. Yeah. And I'll tell you I the way. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the reason, the way to fix it. If a if a runner catches the ball and has established himself as a runner, and he t- he grabbed or he that ball crosses the plane. It's a fucking touchdown, which is just how it is, yeah. is when the running back does it, right? He can jump up mm-hmm. over as long as the ball touches the goal line. It can get knocked out of his hand. The other team can recover yep. it, but it's still a touchdown, right? Where these guys, mm-hmm. fucking what Megatron, when he did, like he just took like two, he already, he caught the ball, took like three steps in the end zone, and then just like set the ball on the ground, like to balance himself and left it there, thinking it was a touchdown. They took it away from him. And like uh, what happened uh Myers this year for uh, the tight end from Pittsburgh. He had the mm-hmm. same thing that ha- happened to Zach Ertz. But they took that touchdown back, but they kept Zach Ertz. Why would they – Zach Ertz should have not been a touchdown if they if they used the rules that they've been using all year. But to me, it was a touchdown. I'm glad they upheld it because yeah. that would have been bullshit. And I didn't, I didn't want – I didn't want to have any more conspiracy. I'd rather the Patriots lose than win another Super Bowl and have to defend that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So And, and the other I, way uh, I view it is if it – it had happened to the Patriots and they were reviewing it. Would you have wanted it to stand too? And for yeah, me, yeah, of course, either side, I would want those touchdowns to stand. So I'm totally yeah. cool with them now keeping the, I mean, they were close, but they were not, you know, blatant. The, cor- the Corey Clement didn't get overturned. I, I, I didn't think was a touchdown. Um, yeah. I thought that he bobbled it, in which he clearly did, in which and, and any rule system before this catch rule or anything that would have been a touchdown because, like, he caught it, 
but then it, like he like it kind of like bobbled it to where like he he let it go with his hands and then like recaught it again. But after he recaught it again, that's when his foot stepped out of bounds. And mm-hmm. uh, I thought that was definitely not a touchdown. I'm not saying that it, it would have just completely changed the entire game, but it would have maybe because that would have been three points. It, it would, I don't think they would have went for it on fourth down. And uh, yeah, and they and it would have been a longer field goal. You know what I mean? I think it would have been like a 40 mm-hmm. some yarder because, I mean, Foles, Foles uh, hooked up with him big time with that. That was a long throw. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, this, they, didn't, they need to adjust this catch rule. It's getting ridiculous. It's ruining people's. I, I, I honestly think that a lot of um, the ratings problems the NFL is having is, yeah, it is because of the whole kneeling during the national anthem bullshit, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I also think people are getting sick of these stupid rules. Like, targeting and that's never like it doesn't seem to be consistent and uh you know you can't touch the quarterback anymore and um the way they throw flags like crazy it's like i can't stand anytime there's a big play you just can't wait for the flag to be thrown you know what i mean like oh 28 yard run where's the flag oh there it is you know like nothing ever good happens without a flag it seems anymore and uh they make you know this catch rule like all these stupid fucking rules it's just uh, I think people are getting a little bit fed up with it. I don't know. Do you agree mm-hmm. with me on that? Oh yeah, I'm totally with you. Uh, I mean, that's why the ratings were down. I mean, the combination of people uh, pulling the plug and people and more games going uh, onto like NFL Network and ESPN and um, people being pissed off about uh, not standing for the national anthem. I mean, we've yeah, I'll, there's a very strong conservative element in the NFL fan base, and if you piss those people off, some of them are going to tune out. I mean, I've said it multiple times that I know more people that I can count on two hands that said that they didn't even want to watch any games this year because they they got pissed off. So yeah, uh, dude, what about now, uh, James White? Let's bring him up just real quick. James White okay. scored a touchdown. He had. He had four, seven carries for 45 yards, which is six point yard, four yards a carry, which is good. Had the touchdown. Had a couple catches for about 20 yards. He has four touchdowns in the last two Super Bowls. He shows up when he gets the ball. I mean, he's making plays. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think that he's he's kind of went unnoticed, and he was doing well. Um, one thing about him is he's so dangerous, and I think that um, Doug Peterson. This is another thing that I really thought was awesome that Doug Peterson adjusted to was that he put Malcolm Jenkins on James White every time James White would go out in the flat. Because uh-huh. um, they, they didn't just put James White in the slot, which where they normally put running backs. They were putting him out wide. And uh, mm-hmm. they were doing that because I think that they were – because Brandon Cooks got knocked out. And uh, so, yeah, they threw him out wide and they were putting Malcolm Jenkins on him because they knew that, you know, especially in the slot too, because they knew that there wasn't going to be a linebacker on that team that could that could catch up with him. He's fast as shit, and they didn't want him to chunk yardage away. So they they made that adjustment, and then they and they threw a I can't remember who they threw on Amendola, but that Amendola is torching people. Oh yeah, Amendola, Hogan, Gronkowski all had over a hundred yards. Yep, and Danny Amendola had eight catches for 152 yards, and Hogan had 20 128 yards and a touchdown, and Gronk. Like we thought he would, you know, nine catches, one sixteen for twelve, uh, two touchdowns. Yep. I think at the end of the day, uh, I think a lot of people are kind of a. 
I asked, do you think this is a top five um, Super Bowl on our Belly Up Sports page? And some people said no, and they listed off to um, Super Bowls that were better. And uh, honestly, you can make an argument for all of them. But I also think you can make an argument for this one because um, in, in today's NFL, and especially against a team like the Eagles who were shutting people down and they weren't very offensive themselves or once once went down, to have that many, to have over 1,100 yards and to have Tom Brady throw for 505 yards and three touchdowns, have 115.4 cubic uh, uh, rating, passer rating, mm-hmm. and lose, that just goes to show you how amazing the Super Bowl really was. It came right down to the wire. There was still a game-winning drive to be had at the end when Brady threw that. He even, you know, he got the, got to the end zone. Gronk actually you know, had a chance at it. It was yeah. I think it from did. start to finish, just like uh, and, the other Patriots Giants game. Yeah, and I think that there was a uh, there was nonstop action from start to finish, and Doug Peterson had a big role in that by doing that fourth quarter pass to full or fourth down pass to full, going forward on fourth down with a five and a half to go. Um, you know, slinging the ball over, not trying to be conservative with the lead, and then forcing the Patriots to to respond constantly when they're up, down by ten, and Patriots doing so, making it a game. Then when the Patriots retook the lead, thirty three, thirty two, like that was that was a hell of a that was a hell of a fucking uh, you know Super Bowl Super Bowl. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I, I completely really agree. How. I think it's top five for sure. I mean, yeah, it just. I, didn't really have any slow points. I mean, the slowest point was probably the first quarter. I mean, they, they still had three scores in it. So, yeah. Um, I mean, that's pretty amazing. I mean, it kept up a high, intense action the whole time. I mean, I I, I was thoroughly entertained from start to finish. Think um, about this. And I won my Think Super Bowl this. squares in the first quarter. Oh, Five did years. you? That's awesome. I never win them. Damn things. <laughs> Nine three, fucked. baby. I'm like. Oh yeah, nine three. That missed extra point hooked me up. <laughs> I was get I would get like five and two, you know, like some bullshit. Like Dude, I don't know. Two but, two uh, ended I got, up winning. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. But uh, think about this: the Patriots didn't punt the whole game. Isn't that crazy? When do you see that in a Super Bowl? No punts. Yeah. That's crazy. So uh, there weren't yeah, many punts from Philly either. I yeah I I don't know I think yeah they had one punt he had one one, one punt, punt in one time there's only one one punt the whole game I think that's awesome that's I'm a, I'm a fan I'm a fan of uh yeah of offense and hell even and the one that interception awesome. that Foles threw wasn't really his fault I mean he threw it pretty well uh, and it just got popped up in the air yeah um but I I want to talk about Nick Foles um okay. clearly. He's one of the main stories of the Super Bowl. I mean, the backup quarterback goes out there and goes toe to toe with the greatest, one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest quarterback of all time. Puts up 373 yards and three touchdowns, and catches a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. um, and he's got another year with Philly, and he's clearly going to be sitting behind Carson Wentz next season. What if you're Philadelphia? What do you do? Because he is going to be in high demand from some desperate teams. Because this is a quarterback-driven league, 
And there are some teams that absolutely need a quarterback like it's no tomorrow. And they will probably pay top dollar. So what do you do if you're the Patri- if you're the Eagles? Um what do you think? I'll follow up with you. Well, I want to hear what you say first. Yeah, I mean, you want to stock up, uh, take advantage. I mean, because do what uh, you know the Patriots did. They had a hot shot uh, in-demand backup that is going to be gone after uh, another year or so. So trade them. Absolutely trade them. Uh, get the <laughs> most you can for them. Now, the Patriots didn't actually get the most they could. They could have got a little more, but I think they didn't want to send them to the Browns. <laughs> I know, man. They just, that's where QBs go to die. But uh, yeah, if you're the I was, if you're the Eagles, I was actually, yeah, get get value. What find out you know any areas that they have like a weakness or or if they can get a really good picks package. Absolutely. I mean, at this point, do you think a team would be willing to give up like a, a number two or th- a second round draft pick or something for Foles? Yeah, for sure. I've seen worse. You know, I've seen people yeah. give up wor- give up more for worse. Yeah, the only concern uh, is Carson Wentz has a little bit of an injury history now. Um, so, well, that's you know, a, that's if he goes down again, yeah, yeah, if he goes down again, you don't have that backup again like he did. So, it it, it certainly is co- more comforting to know that you have that for one more year if something should happen. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. I, I thought that – I think you keep Foles and, uh, and trade them like maybe the first couple weeks of the season. And I think you do that because somebody's going to lose something. And you need to keep – you need to keep a good, healthy quarterback um, on your on your roster in case Wentz goes down again. You never know with those knees, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. he has an injury history with these knees. And uh, I think that having Foles is an absolute luxury. And I don't know what you're going to do with those picks because you have a, a fucking talented roster as it is. And I think you're trying to win – multiple Super Bowls and I think the Eagles are set up to win multiple Super Bowls they get a bunch of pro bowlers back next year including pro bowlers that they weren't even playing in the Super Bowl because they got injured and their line is going to be even better and that's a scary thing and they get Carson once back and say he gets hurt again you can plug Nick Foles in and still win a Super Bowl they proved it this year so I don't think you should trade him away until you realize that Carson Wentz is so, you know, right back to normal. He's, he's still playing at a high level and that you can count on him. And then you maybe trade Foles away, you know, during, you know, during like the first couple weeks of the season, maybe like three, three or four, you know, people do that all the time. Or maybe like a straight deadline play like the Patriots did. Yeah. Shit like that. And uh, that's actually what I was meaning to say anyway, the trade deadline. But, uh, and I think you can do it then. Um, I think you could definitely you you should probably definitely trade him if you don't need him by the trade deadline because you know he's just gonna walk free, you know mm-hmm. after this season. So uh, you gotta get something for him. But I think at the end of the day, 
you got to keep him for at least a little while. He just won you a Super Bowl, and there's not that many talented quarterbacks in the league as it is. You know what I mean? I don't. Oh, I, I, I think there's a. I, I think there's a QB shortage <laughs> in the NFL. Yeah. There's a lot of shitty quarterbacks on these rosters that I can't believe are even employed by the NFL. So, I, I just always think about that too. That, that's kind of something that always gets me going. Is like I'm a huge Tim Tebow fan. And I I'm not ignorant about Tim Tebow's lack of ability in certain areas of being a quarterback. However. I think that, um, you know, you got a situation where there's quarterbacks on the roster that are just absolutely pathetic. And you have Tim Tebow, who, you know, was a winner and has the, all the intangibles and made the plays and won a playoff game. He's not on anybody's <clears throat> roster because he brings distraction. In what way? I mean, because he likes Jesus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like that's a distraction. So I don't understand why he's not on a roster. Same with like Colin Kaepernick. I mean, I, I think he's a fucking douchebag dweeb, but I he's mean, better he's than definitely what better. Teams had for sure. Yeah. Now, when it comes, I'm not going to get into a huge Colin Kaepernick rant. I promise. But as far as the reasons not to have him, and a lot of people are saying like, oh, you know, he's way better than anything the Jets have and all that other shit. Well, you know something? The Jets aren't trying to win for one. They, I mean, they, they won games, but they weren't trying to make the playoffs this year. They're, you know, this is like a rebuilding year for them. And they're actually, you know, they expected to have a high draft pick anyway. Two, if the, if you're not in the playoff run, right, if you're not in the playoff hunt, why would you bring that distraction to the team? You don't really need him. You know what I mean? You're trying to rebuild. A lot of these teams that are trying to rebuild and they got young quarterbacks, uh, they these teams would rather play them than add Kaepernick for a year to fill in and have a huge distraction on their team and then have to release them the next year anyway, right? So I feel like Colin Kaepernick just never never fit in with these teams because his distraction value was too high and the value to the team was too low because these teams just they wanted to get the reps in for their young quarterbacks that they're trying to grow these they know they're not winning the Super Bowl this year they know they're not making the playoffs this year so why would they give Kaepernick the reins when they can give their you know rookie or their second year guy all the reps he can handle to try and get him improved for the next year and the year after that right I always thought that was a simple concept a lot of people didn't quite understand that they thought that you should just because their Kaepernick's probably better than their rookie, that he should now get a job and start for them. But that's not their plan. Kaepernick is not their future plans. So why would they invest in him when they're trying to build up their rookies? That's just – does that make sense? Oh, yeah, that makes yeah. complete sense. Yeah, so, so. That's, that's my take on that. But I don't, I'm not going to get any too much in more into that but uh what'd you think of that what'd you think of the halftime show i enjoyed it i mean it didn't like blow me away i mean it's justin timberlake i mean he played the songs i knew that he that he's released before um i thought the coolest parts were probably uh the prince tribute obviously it was in minnesota that's where prince is from um made sense it was they did it tastefully it was pretty cool and uh and I thought it was nice that he went into the crowd. I mean, he wasn't above, you know, mingling with the the common folk. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that was so and funny. Course, that, they, they, yeah, that, that little kid that got the selfie is like a meme now. So. 
Dude, that's what I was going to say. Uh, that little kid, he, they, they showed him on his phone. They're like, and they had him Googling who was Justin Timberlake. <laughs> like, <laughs> because they, they get too young to know how cool he was, you know, 10 years ago. But uh, um, when, the, when, the, when the halftime show first started, I actually didn't like it that much because Timberlake wasn't singing very well. And uh, mm-hmm. I could barely hear him. I'm pretty then, sure that they pre-record everything at the this point. Well, no, they all sing. They don't lip sync. They have like a backup voice. Like they have a recording going, but you still sing with it. Yeah. And I couldn't hear them very well. Somebody didn't even plug in their instruments as like a protest one year because they wouldn't even let them play like their instruments live. Really? Yeah. Oh. I don't know, but you can hear him singing, like when he would put the mic to his mouth. You can hear him singing, like you could hear the recording in the back, like that was going with them. But then he would sing along. Okay. Point is, I could barely hear him. And then, but I thought that the actual overall visuals, the dancing, and all that stuff was actually really well done, really well. Um, and then towards the like the middle of the show, I could start hearing him a little bit better, and I liked it a little bit more. And then the Prince tribute was pretty cool, and I loved how they lit up the city around the stadium. Like, yeah, that was symbol. badass. That was the coolest part about that. Yeah, that was bad. That was badass. And then he did go in the stadium, that, or, yeah, right up in the stands. I thought that was super cool. That seemed like that kid. He was like taking the selfie. Like, he didn't know what the fuck to do. Like, I love how he's kind of dancing along, but he's like, God damn it, million, a hundred million people are watching me dance like a white boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> he, had, he had the white boy grin. Like they do at the club, they have no idea what they're doing, so they just put their arms up and just start grinding a little bit. But uh, yeah, but I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. I, I really liked the, the halftime show. I liked the Super Bowl. I liked everything about the Super Bowl this year. I thought the commercials were lame as fuck. Every year they get worse. Like they're not as creative and funny. And I think that's because they don't yeah. want to offend anybody. I don't. I don't think they want to offend anybody and. and put their brand at risk for all the social justice warriors that get offended by everything. You know, I'm not, I'm definitely not going on a social justice warrior rant again. I'm just saying they definitely have hindered some, some enjoyment from, uh, from the media in general. So mm-hmm. I thought those suck. I, I did like the, uh, yeah. No, Odell Beckham. Oh, go ahead. I'll let you say what you liked. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I like the, Odell, Eli. the, Dirty dancing. Yeah, the <laughs> dirty dancing. Because, dude, I, I don't care how gay this makes you sound. I fucking love dirty dancing, dude. I love dirty dancing. I love the yeah. soundtrack. I love everything about it. I wish I found a chick that I care about. Leave that baby in a corner, man. About baby. Yeah. Only baby in a corner. That's fucking iconic, dude. So I love that shit. And it was it was just like a play on, on how everybody's making all these crazy creative touchdown celebrations. Yeah. It, and, I loved uh, it. Yeah, that was, that was an amazing commercial. Yeah, and other than that, they're all like lame. Like there was no like, there's no, nothing funny about any of that stuff. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, you know, you're not allowed to like test the limits anymore because people get offended. Do you remember the year that they had this high school band come out and uh, information spell out the company's name, and then they're like, and to make you remember. Uh, to make this commercial memorable, we've released a pack of wolves <laughs> and a giant pack of wolves just, just mows down these high school band as they're running for their lives, screaming in terror. Uh, I mean, it was just fucking hilarious. <laughs> and there's just no way they would ever get away with that anymore. Just because 
it was so controversial that they had a high school marching band get, you know, eaten alive by a pack of wolves on national television. I mean, not for real, but just in general. I mean, it was hilarious. If you haven't seen it, go back and find it. I don't even remember what the company was, but it was one of my <laughs> all-time most funniest, uh, most memorable Super Bowl commercials. Um, yeah, but other than the Eli one, yeah. And you know what, though? The fact that Eli had a commercial, I think that, that jinxed Brady. Yeah. Just just throwing Dude, that out I, I'll tell you what I do. What I Brady do saw that commercial and just went, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I like about um, – Okay, so I was a little upset that uh, remember that veterans they weren't allowed to make that commercial for the Super Bowl about standing up for the anthem or, and shit like that. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? I well, I was so. upset about it because I thought that the commercials were going to be political and all that shit. Well, uh, to my pleasant surprise, there was no political commercials that I can think of. Did you notice mm-hmm. any? I didn't notice any. No, no pro-immigration ones or anything like that. And Justin Timberlake stuck straight to the music and the tribute to Prince. He did nothing stupid. He didn't try and shove any political thoughts down our throats or make any statement. It was just football. It was just straight up football and, and entertainment. And there was no politics. And what I ranted about last, you know, on our previous episode about just keep your shit out of my sports and, my, and entertainment, well, they did. And I, I loved it, and I think that the, the ratings were lowest since 2010 because people expected differently because I expected differently. I think if people no, were, would have known that, you know, everybody was – nobody was going to be kneeling for the national anthem and, you know, nobody no, – no commercials were going to shove, you know, political agendas down their throat and, and Justin Timberlake wasn't going to say any pro-illegal immigration shit and, like, all these other Grammys. All, they, they did at the Grammys, you know what I mean? So I, I, I was – I just had a great experience with the Super Bowl from the game to the halftime show to the commercials to the no politics. It was just what I grew up on. And I really liked that. And if the NFL could stick to that kind of shit, keep all that other stuff out, change the catch rule, I think that they'll be all right. And so, you know, I, I think that they'll, they'll recover from the ratings and they got They just got to, you know, they got to, they got to quit pissing off conservatives because that's their big fan base, you know? I'd say, was there a commercial that like pissed you off? There's one. There was a couple mm-hmm. for me. Uh, there was one. Which one pissed you? All right, a car but, commercial. I don't remember what brand. There was a car commercial. I don't remember what brand it was, but they used Martin Luther King quotes to like try to sell you the car. They like they were playing his speech oh. in the background, trying to get all inspirational really? and shit. But like, really, the whole I, I didn't point, see that one. Oh, Oh, yeah. And, you know, they were trying to, like, get that whole sentimental, oh, it's part MLK, you know, now I'm going to go buy a car. Uh, But you know what? The whole point of Martin Luther King, like, was a lot of anti-big business. Like, he was like Bernie Sanders, like, going Bernie Sanders' direction right before he got assassinated because he was, like, going against poverty and uh, and the 1% and consumerism. And they used his speech to try to sell cars. It just, it just seemed uh, pretty bad to me. Like the, I, it pissed me off. Yeah. A bit. <laughs> I, I don't remember that commercial, but I, I get exactly what you're saying. And I, I do agree with you if that's how it was for sure. I did but, uh, like, yeah, I, I like the Doritos commercial with Peter Dinklage. I mean, I know it's just him doing a rap, but I mean, that, I, I thought it was pretty that, cool. That was cool. 
Because they sped his mouth up and everything, and then he just like yeah. I mean, he, he looks badass fire. when he's doing it. I mean, I like Peter Dinklage. I'm a big mark for Game of Thrones. I think he's an amazing actor. Whether he's playing a dwarf or just anybody, uh, like he's talented, and and that was that was actually pretty cool. It made me want some Doritos. Yeah, and I like how at the end he just kind of spits out the fire. <laughs> that was pretty cool. <laughs> I didn't I think Morgan Game Freeman of Thrones. was not good. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Game of Thrones, I actually right. have never watched it. And I'm one really? of the few Americans that have, apparently. Yeah, I just haven't watched it. I haven't had time. And uh, I like to binge watch things, too. And uh, Oh, yeah. That's what I, I've been doing I read, Is this Brandon. true? Are they, are, they not, are they not having a Game of Thrones season this year and it's going to return in 2019? Uh, maybe. I mean, I think I saw something about that. Let's see. I read, I read that, so I, I'm not sure. I don't know why I care because I never watched the show, but I just thought that was kind of unique. I've never really seen a show that's actually in the yeah, running. They're going to skip 2018. Off. Well, it's because they put, like, they're finishing off the book, like, everything, and the book hasn't yeah, even been finished writing. <laughs> um, that's, the, that's the final book, right? Uh, yeah. Well, th- there's two books left that he has to write. <laughs> Like he still has oh. to release the one that he's like working on it on like the second to last book. And then he hasn't even started yeah. the last book, but he basically told them the plot points, like the main stuff that's important of what he plans on doing. Yeah. And he just hasn't filled in all the gaps. And then it's just that up to them the on season. how they do it. But yeah, the last season, I mean, they're going to go all the fuck out on the last season. Like no breaks. I mean, they're going to spend a shit ton of money. And they're going to make it as good as they possibly can to tie up all the loose ends and everything. So I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine with them skipping 2018 if they're going to make it super badass. See, I'm we'll going see. to watch it now. Once they finish it all, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? I didn't watch Breaking Bad, not a single episode while it was on uh-huh. air. I watched it. I binge watched it all the way through on Netflix. And it's the yeah. greatest show of all time. I I, 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 I completely agree. It's my first or second favorite show of all time. Yeah. So and I I've heard things about Game of Thrones being just absolutely amazing, and I will mm-hmm. I'll binge watch it when I get a chance, and that's the way I'm going to do things. Do you know what's fucking crazy? Just go off topic. My son has a remote control BB-8, the little robot from Star Wars. Oh yeah. And it just chirped at me. <laughs> <laughs> my cousin. It's sitting in my living room. Or my cousin's daughter has one of those, and she is obsessed with it. It's cool, she, right? It's like the, the yeah, she got it for like Christmas, and the, she just drives it around, freaking loves the thing. Yeah, that thing's badass. It's got like the the head is actually like magnetized to the body, so it just rolls yeah. with it. So it it's stays like on cool. top, yeah. Yeah, I thought oh. that was amazing. That was that was cool, cool engineering right there. But mm-hmm. yeah, a little off topic, but that's pretty funny. Oh, that's but, okay. Uh, what do you think of? What do you think of Malcolm Butler getting benched from from playing any defensive snaps in the Super Bowl? The guy who won the now, Super Bowl it, for that. I want to know, was, was it injury-related or performance-related? It was not injury-related because he played special teams, which yeah. were the most injuries are caused. Um, <laughs> yeah, he he just didn't get the play. And he would have been a lot of people say – Oh, for sure. I'm not saying they're going to win because of him, because you never know. Um, I, I, he definitely would have made a difference on that. Uh, they're getting torched, he, uh, you know, in the secondary. So he definitely would have made a difference. But 
Dude, Bill Belichick, he had to have done something. He had to violate a team rule. He had to smoke weed or do something to not play. There's got to be a reason he didn't play. And he, that dude literally cried about it and everything. And like, like literally cried. Not like I'm calling him a baby. I'm like, he like literally had tears in his eyes. He felt terrible. And he, post game, he's like, I would have made the difference in this game. And, you know, uh, classic Belichick, all he said was, we put the players in the game plan out there that we think would uh, be the best like we always do. That's what he says. You know, you never get a straight answer out, answer out of Belichick. Sometimes that mm-hmm. shit annoys me. Like, I, I love his attitude some, most of the time, but sometimes I want Belichick to just, just fucking answer the question and quit trying to be a cocksucker. You know what I mean? <laughs> quit being a cocksucker and answer the fucking question. Stop being a douchebag. Well, but yeah, that says... Uh, the Patriots beat writer Kevin Duffy reported that Butler got demoted in practice during the wild card round of the playoffs during the Patriots bye week in the playoffs. So oh, yeah. maybe he just wasn't the starter at that point. Yeah, well, the Patriots are weird about shit. I remember when Jonas mm-hmm. Gray, Jonas Gray scored four touchdowns in one game, looked like a badass. And then he out of hell. didn't even play again. Right? He played like. <laughs> Sporadically, like he barely played the rest. Of, he didn't. Yeah, he barely played the rest of the year. Yeah. And they running back the is probably one of the worst positions to have on your fantasy football team. Yeah, I actually was high on Mike Gillisley this year uh, pre pre uh, preseason, and I was I made a bet to a guy in our league that he'd be you know stud running back. And first game he scores three touchdowns, and he scores again the next game, and he's doing he's like number one ranked running back. And so high. Uh, no, I, 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 the reason I didn't sell high is because if you don't remember in another episode, I told you I was fucking shallow at running back because I went, mm-hmm. remember I didn't take Gurley and I had, mm-hmm. and I had, uh, I didn't take Gurley and I, and I had, uh, David Johnson who got hurt. So I had to keep yep. Gillisley, you know what I mean? I, I didn't want to sell a high cause I didn't have any other options, but, uh, yeah, he ended up taking a shit and I had to drop him. So it would have been. I wish I would have sold high, but I didn't really have anybody that was going to pay for it. That league's tough. Most of the guys in that league are pretty good players, and I don't think they would have taken a trade for him anyway. But yeah, that's the Patriots running back in a nutshell. I like how they 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 were pretty consistent with this year with uh, Deion Lewis being their lead back once you know he was healthy and everything, and once he came back from injury. But mm-hmm. yeah. But overall, that's my thoughts on the Super Bowl. I, I think that uh, I got to give uh, props to Philly. I do have to give props to Philly. They uh, they played an amazing game. From a from a player standpoint, they couldn't have played a better game. Your Their fan base is still a complete shitbag fan base. <laughs> I can't stand anybody from Philly. I, I, there's a couple of guys like Steve Darpino. I actually was in uh, uh, military Air Force tech school. Or when we're, I was a medic in the Air Force, and he was in uh, tech school with me, and uh, he's a super cool dude, and uh, I can handle him. He's a respectful person, family man. I like him a lot. He's funny as shit. He runs. He has a. He. I don't know if he still does it, but he had a. He had a kiss. He had a kiss. Uh, what's it called when a band like imitates another band? Oh, okay. Um, cover band. Yeah, they're a cover band. They're a Kiss cover band called kissing time and uh he's a super cool dude um i like him as a philly fan um 
Maribie Dilks is another girl that I was in a station with in Arizona, and her husband is a super nice guy. His name's Ken. He's a Philly fan. Um, so uh, he has, he, they just had a brand new newborn son, and Ken actually had, he was crying because he was so happy that, that Philly won. And he, she has pictures of him holding the, his newborn son crying because the Eagles just won. And I thought that was pretty cool. So, I mean, I'm happy for guys like that to win their win their championship as fans and, and, and that they're excited and everything. And um, I was I, I, I didn't think the Phillies deserved to win the World Series back when they did. And uh, Steve Darpino, he always used to, I used to give him shit about, like, I can't, you know, fuck the Phillies. Like, they didn't deserve to win the like, World Series. But they, you know, but uh, at the end of the day, he's such a good dude that I'm happy for somebody like him to win it. But as a whole, the large majority of the fan base are complete shitbags. And I can't stand that fan base and what they did to all those people that we talked about in that one episode, a couple episodes back. And, and the fact that they just were doing some crazy mean shit to the Vikings fans when we played them in Philly. And I just, and overall, and the, the ones that called into our show and talked shit. And I just don't like any of them motherfuckers. So I'll, I'll say it online again on air right now. Fuck you. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> outside of the ones I just named. Oh, and Elliot Smelliot Hoitzma fucking blow me. He he's a douchebag, tall ginger motherfucker that loves the goddamn Eagles and I hope he's listening. I'll tell we're gonna I'm gonna tag him when we post it. Smelliot. We call him Smelliot. He's a fucking ginger. <laughs> and uh yeah. He's another Philly fan that doesn't deserve to have a fucking championship, dickweed. But uh other than that, man. Super Bowl was a hit with me. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. All right. You got any other thoughts? Uh, I think we could probably bust out some gems and call it a night. Let you let your voice recover. Although you actually sounded a lot better now that you got in the groove. Yeah, I I, I was also fucking on the halls the whole time. <laughs> I had a, I had, I had a <laughs> talk drop at. Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, but real quick on the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. So, where do you rank Tom Brady's performance with the 505 yards and three touchdowns, no picks? Do you think it's one of the best you've seen in a Super Bowl? Yes, it's the best performance by a losing quarterback of all time. Absolutely. Um, I wouldn't uh, yeah, say it's the it, best performance. Like, I don't know if it's the best performance of all time because, I mean, he did have the fumble. And as good as he was, I mean, there were even some spots where he missed guys that he, and he missed some throws that yeah. he normally makes. Yeah. So, I, I, I don't I know. give you that. And what about um, Foles as the winning I mean, quarterback? What, what do you think about Foles' performance? Do you think it's one of the better performances you've seen? Because I think it is, too. Yeah, it, it definitely was. I mean, the three touchdowns, a shit ton of yards, and catching a touchdown, and the only turnover for him was kind of a fluky. Uh, it was actually a pretty good throw that his receiver popped up in the air. Yeah, Elshon, El, Elshon fucked that up. It, that was not a bad throw, and it, that pick, that pick doesn't go against his game and have been picked off. Mm-hmm. So I thought every throw, every time he threw the ball, it was just a good throw. You know what it I mean? Was. I mean, he, he was accurate as fuck. Yeah. I think he just got into a groove, man. I think, like, yeah, he did. You know, after he had good game, protection. Think, yeah. I think, and then I think that he just got some major confidence when he tore up Vikings. 
Like, mm-hmm. he was perfect in that game. He looked just as good as he did in the Super Bowl in that game and, mm-hmm. and the, against the, the number one ranked defense in the entire league. And I think that uh, I think that just really boosted his confidence, and he was ready. And they had the, you know that extra week of time to prepare, yeah. and it was just and especially against a, a a defense that tries to bend but not break. I mean, if you're going to get the opportunity to get your yards and get down the field, I mean, the Eagles found a way to bend and break. <laughs> well, speaking of bend and break defense, and Matt Patricia is now the uh, coach, the head coach of the uh, Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Because uh, Mike's a huge Mike. Uh, Mike Brown is one of the co-founders of Belly Up Sports, and he he does a lot of stuff with the. Uh, Belly Up Sports, that's our program we always hype when we're on this show. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's who the, that's who sponsors us now. And uh, he's a huge Lions fan. And he's excited about it, which you got to be, you know. You know, Matt Patricia's, you know, he's a Bill Belichick guy. And, you know, yeah. he's won a Super Bowl. And, you know, he's ex- he's an exciting guy. He, he gets really, really wound up. And he also wore that Goodell clown shirt, which – brings him up a notch in my book because I fucking hate Goodell. But uh, and on the flip side, I, I haven't really seen a coach with a bend that break defense really go anywhere and do much. I don't, I don't really have any examples of that succeeding anywhere. I, don't, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that he's an exciting guy. I think, I think he seems to be a player's coach, but his defenses were nothing special to me. I don't. I don't think that's what ever stood out for the Patriots in his tenure, and I think that uh, I don't know, man. It looks like to me that Detroit has a pretty good defense already, and that I think they needed mm-hmm. an offensive-minded coach to go in there and work with. Uh, I do too, because they have good players. Stafford. And they just yeah, yeah. Like, and they always they need, fall behind, and then they have to make a crazy comeback at the end. How nice would it be if they had an offensive-minded coach that could just get them a lead and then their defense, instead of having to stiffen up and give the offense a chance to make a comeback, how about just hold the lead? Yeah, so. and, and and what about, like, like Doug Peterson? He was a quarterback. He was Brett Favre's backup. You know, he's a quarterback guru. He's he's always been coaching a lot of the I'll tell you what, he is going to be guys that are – yeah. Well, one of these, the Eagles are going to lock him down forever, but uh, as, well, as long as they want. Once you win a Super Bowl, you have a leash of like at least six years. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you got to be almost, and, and they're set up for success for at least the next couple of years. So Doug Peterson will be with the Eagles for a long time. He'll be a very long tenure coach. They stuck, they kept Andy Reid forever. You know what I mean? So they're, mm-hmm. they're a loyal franchise as long as you're winning. But uh, yeah, once you win a Super Bowl, that buys you forever. So, and even if he, you know, he'll, he'll go coach somebody else. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, anyways, anyways, what I was getting is Doug Peterson, like a quarterback guru. He's actually worked with tons of college quarterbacks that came in the league and everything like that. And look what he's done with Carson Wentz. Look what he's done with Nick Foles. And that whole offense and his play calling and everything like that, that transformed that Eagles offense. I think that uh, you got a strong, strong-armed quarterback like Stafford and Marvin Jones is actually a pretty decent um, wide receiver and Golden Tate and he got some talent there. Eric Ebron could be if he's used right could be you know 
he needs polishing and he needs a, a good coach to come in and take care of that offense because Eric Ebron is just an absolute freak athlete and he needs, I feel like he's still got some ability to improve and be a top tight end in the league. And I think that the uh, Lions are a lot closer to being a good, a great team than they are from being a bad, you know, closer to being a bad mm-hmm. team. You don't, you, I hope I said that right. You get what I'm saying. They're closer to being good than yeah. bad. And uh, they, they still need a running game, but I mean, they have yeah. good receivers. They have a good quarterback. They have a decent line. So yeah. they, just need a good they have the recipe for success. Yep, exactly. So they have the recipe for success. I just thought they needed to get an offensive minded coach. They should have, they should have won kind of suck with the Patriots and went over and got McDaniel uh, instead. You know what I mean? So they should have went for the offensive coordinator, not the defensive coordinator. But I think they got a lot of studs on defense. Maybe they just thought that a defensive-minded coach would just, I don't know what they thought, bring him to the promised land. Who the hell knows, man? Yeah. Who knows what's going on? We'll find out. Minds. Yeah, we'll find <laughs> out. Yeah, we've had mixed results so far from – uh, Belichick, uh, Belichick coaching tree guys. I mean, honestly, the most successful are probably the ones that went and stuck it out in college and didn't go to the pros, like Nick Saban or Kirk Ferentz. Um, like yeah. the guys that did it in the NFL, they haven't had as much success. I mean, Mangini had a brief run with the Jets, but that flamed out hard, and then he flamed out in Cleveland. Cornell flamed out in Cleveland, and he's been okay as a deep, just sticking as a defensive coordinator. Charlie Weiss had a, a brief run of success with uh, Brady Quinn as his quarterback, I believe, and then that flamed out hardcore. Um, so, yeah. yeah, we'll see. I mean, McDaniel flamed out as a head coach, but he's probably going to get another shot for sure. Yeah. Now, there's – I'm I'm not going to I'll have a rant but it's not going to be like a crazy rant. It's mm-hmm. going to be it's going to be about uh the Patriots and people's uh opinions of the Patriots. Cuz I have some oh, people for that this show? Yeah. All right. Yeah, for this well, show. let me know when you're ready. We'll we'll bust out the sound clip. Um, yeah. I'm going I'm I'm trying to look at uh something so I can have and I want to have a good, solid foundation while I'm doing this. But uh, no, he he. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. I'll talk about it. Go ahead. All right, here we go. Ran of the week time. Brandon Sharples. <laughs> All right, what's up? This is kind of not going to be such an intense rant of the week, but actually it might end up getting there because you know how I get riled up. But this is like a two, two-parter, two and I've talked my ear off on this, talked to you guys' ear off on this, but I was uh, I was talking to somebody um, that seems to think that Tom Brady's overrated and that he's just a system quarterback and that – and I've already talked about Tom Brady's accolades. Everybody knows Tom Brady's accolades. I don't need to go into that. If you if you can't look at his fourth quarter numbers, his career numbers, his rings, his overall just parent-like figure on the team, if you can't see that special, then I don't know what to tell you. Nothing's going to convince you. Not a rant of mine on here. 
But I wanted to go into, they always say this. When Tom Brady went down, they went 11-5. and five. They missed the playoffs because they lost the tiebreaker to the Dolphins. But they, they, uh, they missed the playoffs, but they went 11-5. and five. Well, my thought to this is that their defense back then was a top three unit in the entire league. They're coming off of um, they were coming off of an undefeated season, and they they end up losing to the Giants in the Super Bowl. But they were coming off an undefeated season. That team was fucking loaded. Okay, so they had an amazing roster to support the team when Tom Brady went down with an injury. Matt Castle didn't have great stats. Um, you know, he, he only passed for 3,600 yards. He had 21 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. His rating was 89, which isn't bad, but it's nothing, nothing exciting. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't carry that team. He didn't put Tom Brady numbers up. He didn't put anything close to Tom Brady's numbers up when Tom Brady the year before had 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. You know what I mean? So Tom Brady put up Tom Brady legendary numbers that literally broke every record book, every record in the book the year prior. And they were undefeated going into the Super Bowl. The following year, he blows his knee out. Well, Matt Castle comes in and he has 21 touchdowns, 11 interceptions with 3,600 yards not even in the same millennium as Tom Brady, okay? Not even the same book, nothing, nothing. You can hardly call them the same quarterback. And people like to say, well, Matt Castle went 11-5. and five. Matt Castle tore shit up uh, without Tom Brady, and, the whole, and they went 11-5 without Tom Brady. So that means that he, he, his uh, GOAT status is overinflated. No, they just rode an extremely tough defense and a shit ton of skill players, including Randy Moss. So, yeah, it's not like Tom Brady wasn't more important. If you put Tom Brady on that team, they probably go 14-2 and two minimum and probably win the Super Bowl. Instead, of they missed the playoffs at 11-5 and five and they lost to the Dolphins, you know, lost tiebreakers to the Dolphins. And it, it's one of those things where it's just another reason for people to try and degrade Tom Brady. And I just... I just got really kind of sick of that, and I and I wanted that argument to be on, on radio tonight about why that argument is false and it's not anything that has any sort of precedent in, in my my uh, take on what's great and what's not. It's it's the you got to look at what happened last year, what what was returning on that roster, and they didn't even make the playoffs. And then you look at Castle's numbers; he literally threw for less than half the touchdowns Brady threw last the year before, and he barely threw for over 3,000 yards. And Brady threw for 5,000 the year before. Okay? So don't even say that Castle was in the same vicinity as Tom Brady. Don't even act like Tom Brady did not make a difference for that team because they won 11-5. and five. That 11 and five just shows it just shows you how great Belichick is and how great that roster was from the year prior. But it, but the fact that they went from losing zero games to with 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 Brady to the next year losing five games without Brady that just shows you right there. It's kind of like when LeBron left Cleveland they went to an immediate uh, lottery team. So that's that.
And then on top of that, all the cheating scandals, the deflate gate where they were up 17 to seven with quote unquote deflated balls, replaced them with properly inflated balls and they got outscored 28 to nothing. So the, you know, Brady uh, scored 28 points and they gave up zero with properly inflated balls. But everybody wants to call deflate gate as in that's the whole reason they won that game and they should never have been in the Super Bowl. That's just ridiculous. And same with Spygate. Spygate was a common practice among coaches for decades. It was never anything that was ever unprecedented. And all that the Patriots did that year was they ignored the memo and they continued to do that practice the same year, the first year that it became illegal. This was not some spying issue. Everybody thinks they were like the Russians coming in and they were just peeking with like all these cameras and shit. No. They just filmed the walkthroughs like that's how that's how it was common practice. That was common practice, okay? Why is that? They didn't even win the Super Bowl that year. That was the year they went undefeated and they lost to the Giants. So there's no Super Bowl tainted from Spygate either. But like like I said, it was common practice. So are you going to, from everybody from 2007 and before – are you people that are listening to this going to put into question their championships? Because it's almost guaranteed that, that those teams that won Super Bowls from 2007 and earlier use that practice. So are you going to give them shit and put in question every championship that used that practice? No, you're not. Because they're not a dynasty and you can't hate on them. You don't want to hate on them. You don't, want to, you don't care. You just want to find excuses to hate the Patriots. And that's, it's like everybody adores Jerry Rice, but he's openly admitted to using stick'em on his hands to catch the ball. Or like the steroid era where you have uh, everybody cursing Barry Bonds and saying he doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame because he got juiced up, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's fine. But all these people you adore, like Hank Aaron, were on amphetamines all the time. Fucking, you know what I mean? Hyped up. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, that's that's definitely helping. That's helping with energy on the field, amphetamines, and all the people that use all the cheating shit back in the day, Ty Cobb's days, and all that stuff. Every they're all in the Hall of Fame. So you know, this whole Patriots cheating thing is a bunch of shit. If you go and Google online the teams that have the most cheating scandals, they're not even top ten teams. So yeah, my rant was just basically to prove all of you wrong about any scandal or the fact that you think because they went 11 and five Matt Castle, that, that, that takes away from Brady's greatness. It actually proves his greatness. So, yeah, um, that's pretty much all I got to say, Hemi. So I hope this gets to people and I hope you know drives some discussion, but you're wrong. <laughs> if you want to argue with me, there's nothing you can say to any go against anything. I just said, everything I just said is hundred percent fact and there's no going against that. And if you think I'm wrong, prove it. I'm done. I will definitely back up the part about everybody else is cheating too. Yeah. I mean, what, what's the, one of the most common sayings out there? If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was common practice. It was so common they had to make that memo that year to tell them to stop doing mm-hmm. it. And Jerry, and I wrote my blog, my Patriots blog, if everybody wants to go check that out. That Jerry, um, Jerry, um, fucking Johnson. 
he, Jimmy Johnson, the coach of Dallas Cowboys that won the Super Bowls with them, um, he was quoted saying that that's how he was told to do things from the minute he entered this league by a scout from the Kansas City Chiefs, that everybody was doing it, and that he didn't think that it was right to castrate the um, the uh, the Patriots over it because it's, it was common practice for his entire coaching career. And that's one of the all-time great coaches who won a couple Super Bowls, the Dallas Cowboys saying that shit. So, yeah, I mean, I just I just can't stand – you don't have to suck Tom Brady's dick the way I do. I get it. I, I'm over the top about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I'm not telling you that you have to be on my level of fandom. You don't. There's a level of loving Tom Brady. But that doesn't make what I say any less true. It's true. And people just need, I would I just want people to just stop talking shit about the Patriots when they sound ignorant as fuck. And it's like on a million million people basis. Like millions of people think this way because they just parrot each other. They hate winners. <laughs> so it's like any chance I get, I, I can I will definitely throw out some serious facts to fuck up their any sort of thought process that Tom Brady isn't who he is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you know you, you you so you say you will agree with me on everybody's cheating, but what about all the other parts? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to go do a little more research before I could say specifically on some of the other stuff. But I mean, I hey, man. I'm not gonna like shit on anything you said. You you. you no, I don't expect you to shit on anything. I I, I just thought that uh you know. I, I did my research, man. I, I mean, uh, I know what I'm talking about. I know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. I'm not going to go online on air like, and say that all the shit I just said without having, you know, having it solid. So, yeah, I, I'll I'll definitely debate anybody that wants to call in and talk about this. Anybody. I will debate Tom Brady for three first. hours with your ass. Yep. Anybody. I don't care. I'm not saying I know more than everybody else on Tom Brady or anything else, but I know a shit ton. I know enough. I know enough to have a conversation with anybody in this fucking country. That's for sure. Damn sure. So, <laughs> yeah, man. So, anyways, go ahead and do your uh, do your gems, buddy. All right, it is Hems Gems time. I'll keep it short and simple today. Two gems. Uh, the first is, if you haven't seen it yet, there is this awesome like animated GIF of a Philadelphia police officer that is more excited about the Eagles winning the Super Bowl than I care to admit. Uh, he does not give a shit about the crazy crowd just storming the streets. I mean, he is high-fiving and doing everything, just screaming and yelling. He is... He is pumped. He is a big-time Eagles fan. So I will be sharing that on the At Odds uh, podcast Facebook page, and they might even share it on Belly Up Sports. I mean, it's pretty cool. And uh, last but not least, uh, I always give out, like, TV shows or comic books or, you know, something else. But this time I'm going to give out a game, uh, Fortnite. If you have not played this game, it is highly recommended you do. Uh, you can download it for free on Xbox Live. Um, if you've ever played Pub Battlegrounds, PUBG, um, 
it is uh, very based on that. Basically, you parachute in, and it's just a winner-take-all uh, arena. And the whole time you you parachute in, you pick up weapons, and you just start fucking people up. And the last man standing wins. And uh, the the map is monstrous, but it closes, and it gets smaller uh, as you go. So people get crowded, pushed together as uh, you start killing people. So it's not like – so it just keeps the action going. And it's – I think it's going to be one of the more popular games for a, a while moving forward just because – there's easy access to it. It's fun to play. And I mean, you can just blow through a game pretty quick and there's some pretty awesome highlights. You can have a lot of a good variety of weapons. Uh, so highly recommend checking out Fortnite. It's F O R T N I T E, I believe for spelling. If you're searching it on uh, Xbox, but yeah, definitely check it out. I, you will not be disappointed. So that's my gems for the week. Nice. Hey, I got a text from Mike, and he says that uh, Patriots are <laughs> Tom Brady and the Patriots are zero and three when Eli Manning makes his appearance in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I called it. I called it earlier. <laughs> oh shit, that's funny. Oh yeah. You know I just want to give a shout out to pay for Eli to be in a Super Bowl commercial every time. I know he's cur- he curses Tom Brady. That is his kryptonite, man. It's always a weaker. Weaker dude that's a kryptonite is a stronger. I gotta give hey, I gotta give a shout out to my friend Kate Miller. She absolutely adores Tom Brady and she wants my body because she says I look like Tom Brady. <laughs> I just had to give her a shout out. Much like Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just fucking around. But she wants me. Okay. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Fair but enough. uh anyway. I'm just fucking around. She doesn't want me. She has a boyfriend. But I was, I was I was actually Snapchatting her right now while you were doing your gems, and I told her I was gonna shout her out and tell everybody she wants me because I look like Tom Brady because she fucking hates Tom Brady, she hates ah, him so much. <laughs> there we go. The truth <laughs> is revealed. <laughs> so I was just fucking with her, but no, she doesn't want me before I get her fucking divorced. She's not even married, but you get my drift. But anyway, yep. um, shout out to at Belly Up. At Belly Up Sports on Twitter, Belly Up Sports on Facebook, BellyUpSports.com. We have all our blogs up on there. I will have my new blog up probably tonight or tomorrow on my recap of the Super Bowl. I should have had it up today, but my, me and my daughter are really sick today, and I had a hard time getting it taken care of. I had to take her to the doctor and everything. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so those are all our links for Belly Up Sports. Please check out Belly Up Sports. It's awesome. We got a lot of cool stuff coming up. We got some videos we're going to be doing, and gets i mean i got a cool character that i'm working on because uh blaine was uh he sent me this skit i don't know if you ever heard of riffraff have you ever heard of him he's like a rapper he's white oh yeah with the the grill the white dude yeah so he did he 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 made himself the white don king and he had this skit it was actually pretty funny and uh blaine sent it to us and asked us what we thought about it and what we thought about making skits and i'm all for it so I may, I'm going to make this character, you know, I'm pretty creative with this stuff. And I, I, I wanted to write movies anyway. So fuck it. I'm going to write some skits. And I, go. I got this hill, I got this hillbilly actor that I want to be, I want to make myself this like funny hillbilly. And uh, I'm gonna, hopefully Blaine <laughs> and all these guys are going to have some cool characters and 
dude, I mean, you gotta be in some skits. I'll have you be somebody. And, oh, uh, no, who, who were you for Halloween? Fuck. Oh, John Goodman. Uh, Harold from Big Lebowski. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you can be Harold from Big Lebowski. Just big, what the, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Donnie. So, yeah. But yeah. You're out of your own. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought that we could do some cool skits. I love that idea of Blaine and, uh, We'll do some skits. We got some reviews. Like I said, I, you know, we, once we get this camera and shit together, get some editing stuff done, and we'll, I'll have some reviews on where the restaurant. Where can people view this, and, this stuff? Huh? And where can people say? view this stuff? Bellyupsports.com. Every place. We're going to be posting it on everything. Bellyupsports.com, Bellyupsports, Facebook, and at Bellyupsports Twitter. And I think we're going to be, there once we is. do the videos, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get our Instagram together. And uh, we'll do the videos on Instagram too. But the videos are gonna be cool. I'll be going, you know, obviously eating some some man food and drinking some beer and shit and filming my reviews on that. Some vlogs and uh, vlogs, vlogs, vlogs. But uh, yeah, man, we got a lot of exciting stuff going on with Belly Up Sports. So you guys need to check that out. Um, show your support if you're uh, if you call yourself a true friend of mine or your family member, you need to like the shit and share it. All right, so we can grow, or else you're contributing to my demise, and then we won't be friends anymore. So I'm just <laughs> fucking with you, but I actually am not. So I, lo- I love all you guys, but come on, help brothers out. So that's what, that's all I gotta say about that, man. You got anything else? Oh yeah, I go ahead. Do it. Go ahead. Oh, oh. Hey. no, go ahead. You said uh, you had something. I I I have this this uh, outro song that we're gonna do is from. Oh. Mega Man 3, baby. This is the greatest intro song to any game ever. It is my favorite video game song ever. It's it's a straight up from the regular Nintendo 8-bit Mega Man 3. It's just a catchy beat. It's techno. It's straight from fucking Asia, you can just tell. But I love it. And I, I every time I play this game, I usually just let it sit on that song for a little while and jam to it before I start playing. So, yeah. Enjoy this intro song from... Uh, our outro song is the Mega Man 3 intro song, so enjoy, guys. Fuck yeah. <laughs>